Well, Max Verstappen has done it. He has broken his Monza curse. And once again, Mighty Max claims his maiden win at Monza. Welcome to episode 231 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to, d- to discuss uh, the 2022 Italian Grand Prix. My name is Tom, and joining me, we have Sophia Richmond from Everything F1. Hi. Hi, Soph. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm very well, thank you, especially after that win. And then, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we also have Double Trouble in the shape of Warren Shaw. Hello. And Rachel from the Paddock Pals podcast. Hi. Hello, both. Uh, just before we begin, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, you'll automatically go into our monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our champion range of merch. Also, if you're one of the 72% of people who are not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. Now that the admin's out of the way, let's get into the juicy bits. So, 2022 Monza, that that aforementioned curse has struck again for the previous year's race winner, but but we'll get into that in in a bit. Um, Just before we get into the drivers, I do just want to touch briefly on um, how respectful the minute silence was following the death of Her Majesty Elizabeth II. I know we said it yesterday, um, but the minute silence that Monza held in memory of of um, of Her Majesty, was uh, you could hear a pin drop through the TV. So I'd just like to say a big well done and a big thank you to everyone at the track and everybody watching, everybody broadcasting. Really, really well done. So moving into it, uh, Sophia, Max finally claimed that long-awaited Italian victory and the first time he stood on the podium in Monza as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, given what happened last season <laughs> um, and the events that kind of unfolded, I think it was definitely well-deserved. Um, he did race quite well. It was interesting as well, leading up to the race, I think Rachel was interviewing him and she was like saying about how he was on the books to win. And he was kind of taken back about it because this track has been deemed undrivable to overtake. It's difficult to overtake. It's the temple of speed. So obviously you're going to have a lot of um, opportunities to potentially overtake, but for some reason it's never been done. Um, but this this race today, like so many overtakes, even in some corners that we thought were impossible for two cars to get past at the same time. Uh, <laughs> but it was a good race for him. And again, like you said, first podium in Monza. Um, we'll see if the curse as well for next season still sta- stays. Uh, judging by your face, hopefully not. But yeah, it was a good race for Max. And Points needed. Obviously, he could win the race uh, come to Singapore in two weeks' time, um, which is a great lead to have as well. And I think that will change a record as well for the most... I think it's like the winners to... um, Oh, what's the word? Uh, The uh, quickest amount of time to win the, uh, the title, the World Championship title as well, if he is to win it in Singapore. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was quite a drive from Max today, even though he started P7, an old Dutch uh, fourth row of the grid today, which we'll get onto later on. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was uh, sniffing Claire's gearbox by about lap three, so it was, uh, I think the writing was on the wall for Ferrari at that point. But um, just behind him, Rachel is the aforementioned Charles Leclerc. Unfortunately, couldn't quite turn that pole position into a home victory today. 
I would say slightly unlucky, but he wasn't. He was just, well, it, it, in my mind, he was outdriven, but I would say that because I'm a Max fan. Um, what's your what's your sort of views on Leclerc from today? I I don't know if I would say so much he was outdriven, but I think that like the Red Bull just had the speed. It, it, it would have just been so difficult for for Charles to win. I mean, it, or would have taken something like a restart um, with a red flag and an amazing drive at those last couple of laps. If that we've, we would have been graced with that, but we were not. Um, but yeah, I thought Charles did a, a great job today. It, he was obviously sad after the race. You can just see it in his face. Just a little, you know, a little blue, a little sad boy season for him. Um, but, you know, the title is still in in his midst, I guess. He could potentially get it. Um, y- you know, it would take a lot, um, not just from him, but also from Red Bulls, a lot of mistakes for that to happen. But it was good that he at least got on the podium in Monza. And the Ferrari fans were out there cheering him on the whole time and the flags and the whole, you know, fanfare of, of um, Ferrari and Monza was there. And so at least he had that support. Um, but yeah, I, I think he, he just didn't have the Ferrari car. He just couldn't get there today, but you know, he still had a solid race and the, the Ferrari strategist didn't <laughs> monumentally mess up. So that was good. Yeah, I think it's safe to say if Ferrari would have messed up the strategy, they probably wouldn't have made it out of Monza alive. Um, you know, they'd, they'd have probably been sort of driven out by by pitchforks and, uh, and, and sort of burnt at the stake. But, <laughs> Tarred um, and feathered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, you know, it's, um, I, I do agree with you. It was it was a good it was good grace for for, for Leclerc. I think it was as good as it was going to be, and I think the rising is on the wall a bit this season. I think there's been too much damage early on in the season for him to be chasing the title now. Mm-hmm. But let's see what next year brings. Eh? Um, but behind him, Warren, rounding out our podium, uh, Mr. Consistency of 2022, uh, George Russell, again in the top five, again on the podium. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I would say he got uh, fairly, that was a fairly easy race for him. And then he, you could say that he got this uh, podium because of the grid penalties that happened yesterday in qualifying. What he got, fit, he was fifth. In qualifying, I think, yesterday, and then moved his way up to second. So if there's no grid penalties, he probably doesn't work his way into the uh, into a podium place here. But, hey, George has been – the he's had his fair share amount of good luck, but I'm not going to say grid penalties is really uh, good luck. So uh, you could say good luck for you. But he ended up making it work, uh, getting third. And, yeah, he's really just been uh, consistent this, this season. It's I, I mean, he's – out drove in Lewis, I think you have to say consistently, like he got a grips of the car what much better early on. Lewis has come on strong lately, but if you're t- saying who's been the better of the Mercedes drivers this year, I think you definitely have to give uh, give it to George, and he just he consistently he I mean he's always he's always up there. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's a very fair point actually, um, and again I I. I agree with you. I, I think George has been a stronger driver this season. Um, but like you said, Hamilton is definitely coming on. So it's, uh, again, like you said, I uh, with, with the grid penalties, would he be in P3? For me, maybe not, but what do I know? I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just a fanboy. Um, 
evidently. Um, so mo- moving on to um, mo- moving on to P four, just outside the podium, uh, the resident Chile boy Carlos Sainz. Uh, so f- hell of a drive from him, I thought. Um, I honestly thought at one point that he was in a position to take the race win, but then Ferrari says, "Do you know what? We'll just leave you up there on mediums and lol. Good luck, Han." Yeah, I mean. <sighs> We joke about Ferrari strategies. I think this has probably been the better race for like strategies, uh, given some of the dodgy calls and mistakes, especially last week, the three wheels that took place for science. Um, but it was a good race for him. And it was also good for the team, finishing P4, his teammate finishing P2, getting the points they needed for the constructors. I felt like it was a bit of a quiet race compared to everything else that was kind of going on. Um with other drivers for Carlos, he just kind of consistently put his foot down and had a good race for him. I think it's probably one of his better races this season so far at the moment, minus obviously the one that he won, but he did quite well and did well for the team. But yeah, that tire strategy, I, you saw with Monza, there's not that much degradation on the track, but there is still degradation. And like the fact that he was on it for quite a longer period of time than what a lot of us were thinking about. I don't know if it's maybe because of, everything that was going on in front of him in the pit lane. Like I, I feel like it probably should have come in a little bit earlier, like maybe about two or three laps earlier than what he uh, pitted on. But other than that, I think it was quite a good um, race for him for sure. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, given, given that we're almost celebrating this strategy from Friday, just to show how interesting they've been for, for, for the whole year. Um, yeah, they've just been well. At one point, they were a laughing stock. Let's be fair, but um, but no, let's uh, yeah, let's let's at least give them some credit where she, you, you know, you know, they 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 made some good calls with, with the VSC putting the Claire, and obviously whatever they were going to do, Red Bull were going to do the opposite, and you know, so it's a uh, it was a, it was a bit of a no win situation for them, I think. But um, Rachel Lewis Hamilton P five. Bear in mind, he started P19, I believe, uh, as he had a back-of-the-place grid penalty. I think it was only Yuki Tsunoda who started behind him. A very, very good drive, I thought, including that sensational overtake out to the start of Turn 1. Yeah, no, I thought Lewis had a really good drive. And I think if you were to watch him the entire race, you would have had a really good show. But of course, you know, the broadcast always shows the front. Um, but yeah, and then uh, of course there was the uh, potential PTSD that he was experiencing with the looming red flag that he overcame. He had a lot of words after the race about, oh, this is this maybe would have happened or Abu Dhabi. Yeah, everyone asked the question. You know that they did. So, um, but his drive, I thought he had a really great drive um, and it was impressive. Yeah, he, um, uh, at first I thought, oh, maybe he's not making up places, but then next thing you know, he was in the points and yeah, he was, uh, he was driving a bit like the Hamilton of old, I thought. Um, so, so it, it, yeah, I, as everybody knows, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but it, it was it was nice to sort of see him, you know, do, doing that that double overtake out the exit turn one. Oh wow, that was uh, I, I I I did grin to myself. I thought that was nice, um, but yes. Uh, then P six Warren, um, the Mexican Minister of Defense, and someone who probably gives Hamilton nightmare sometimes, Sergio Perez. 
Bit of an interesting race for him. You know, he appeared to have brake issues after he pitted the first time. He locked up quite heavily going into the pits, put the hards on. The hards didn't work. Then his brakes were smoking, uh, smoking like an Italian grandma. And then, um, uh, and then, and then, okay, just, you know, ultimately ended at P6, but doesn't quite tell the whole story, I don't think. No, I, I still think it's, it was uh, impressive drive from him dealing with the, how he had the, coast he i heard him after the race he had to lift and coast a lot to cool the brakes down for like two or three laps after that how the how his strategy got pretty much shot when the brakes were going like that because you would when those hard tires went on for perez everybody watching the race day he's not pitting again how far up is he going to make in the order he's a he's a master with the uh, tires so how is he how far how many people is he going to catch and then and pass and all that stuff because we've seen him do it time and time again he just, whatever happened with the brakes and his flat spotting is what he said, I think, is what caused it early on. It was just, it, it, he, he was unlucky, but then still to get sixth, I thought it was pretty good. Because I, I, I said on our episode this past week, I needed to see something from Perez this week because he's been, I know he got uh, second in, in Belgium, but other than that, he really has been kind of way off the pace since France. Like he has not looked like the same driver since France. So he needed the, he, he needed to get some good positive momentum for him. And I'd say this with, even though his struggles, it was kind of a step in the right direction. It's, it's, it's a, it's a solid, a solid drive. I, you, I saw after he wasn't thrilled after the race, but for everything that went wrong, it was probably the best he could have done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we wouldn't have had the red flag, bear in mind, he just slapped on a new set of sauce. I think he probably would have had Hamilton. Um, you know, he was uh, he was he was certainly gunning for it, and the um, yeah, the uh, the uh, the uh, sorry, not not the red flag. That's my wishful thinking. The safety car, I should say. Um, yeah, so when that came out for for the Chuck McLaren, yeah, I, I think that that rather hampered his uh, his final stint or his sort of last charge, if you like. Speaking of McLarens, Lando Norris P seven. Uh, so Lando had an awful start. Um, oh, God, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he really bogged down. I don't know if he, if he hit anti-stall yeah. or, yeah, or, or, or what, but yeah, he, he, got, he got swallowed up going into turn one. Um, bit of a scrappy race because he, he, he sort of went on off, off at turn one a few times and he got done a bit with a slow pit stop, but a good recovery drive, even if it wasn't the most, most sort of smooth sailing of days. Definitely, yeah. So he anti-stalled and literally, I think it's also because of how good the other drivers got off the line, like Gasly, Hamilton, all that, like it, not Hamilton, Gasly and a few others as well. I think it kind of made it look a little bit more bad than it probably was, but he has some good battles. Like, I mean, my comment earlier with him and Gasly going into the, uh, the turns where obviously we saw Max and Lewis last season making out alive. I found it was quite funny. Um, but there's some good battles that he did take place. Obviously, he didn't DNF, which is part of the Monza curse, um, where normally both of the drivers of the winning team from previous season DNFs. So good thing, good points as well, given as well that Alpine uh, had one DNF as well this uh, this race. So good for the constructors' battle between um, McLaren and Alpine. But yeah, damage limitations, I think, for a bad start. Um, the minute that that happened, we kind of knew that it wouldn't be like a a absolute best race for Lando, but he still got the points. He still finished all right. 
and didn't DNF. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it was uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it was it was a good sort of recovery race for him. And very good point you mentioned about the constructors as well, because Alpine are now one hundred twenty five points, McLaren are one hundred seven, so there's only eighteen points between them. So that uh, that P four is all to play for. And also, when Mercedes overtake Ferrari for P two, don't forget Ferrari will be in that fight as well. That's for you, JR, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so that's that's my that's my friend in America. He's a very big, uh, very big Ferrari and, and Chucky Leclerc fan. Um, moving moving down the grid, uh, Rachel, we have Pierre Gasly P eight. I would say, well, for me, uh, bear in mind, I'm trying to be impartial. I'd say solids, if not unspectacular, for him today. He had, a, he had a decent qualifying, I thought, and then just sort of held his nerve in the race. He was on hards for a bit, I believe. Um, so, you know, so the, the hards, obviously, we saw they didn't work today. But all in all, I thought he had quite a good day. How do you think he got on? I think he's going to have nightmares of Daniel Ricciardo's rear wing. I think if you gave him a piece of paper, he could draw it exactly as he saw it for a lot of the race. He was just stuck in a train, like like completely stuck in there. And when that happens, it's just like, you don't even get to see them drive because nobody cares. It's just a DRS train and there it goes. Um, So I, yeah, he was stuck in that a lot, but yeah, you had a fine day. Um, It was good to see him back in the points. Um, so I, that was good. He seemed really happy about that, but yeah, he was just looking at Daniel the whole time. Yeah. I mean, whether you would want to chase the rear wing of that McLaren, it's a different story given their, given their relative pace, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, he, you know, I, 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 when I saw that Danny Rick was leading the DRS train, I, I instinctively went to look for Alonso, but couldn't find him. So I thought, oh, well, how the tables have turned. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was weird seeing a DRS train that wasn't headed up by Alonso, but that's because he uh, he took inspiration from his new team and decided to DNF. So 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 you know in, instead of DRS, he went DNF. Begins <laughs> begins with D and instead of three letter analogy, not quite the same. Anyway, this is the one I really want to get into. Uh, Nick DeVries, his F one debut. Having driven a different car on Friday, I mean, granted it was Aston Martin, it's like saying, what track did you want to drive? Jumps into the Williams, puts it into Q2, and finishes with two points. Warren, what can we say? Uh, I mean, they should give him a contract right on the spot, right? Like, I, I'm, I seriously, like, I, I know that's not how this really normally goes, but if we're just in a results-based business here, like, no, tra- no training too for the race. Like obviously he's not up to like race stamina. He said his shoulders were killing him at the end of the race. You go, I think like obviously P nine is, is or P nine quite impressive, quite impressive. I think getting out of Q one might be even more impressive than what he did in the race, just because that he didn't even get FP three. Like the first laps he did did in, in Q one were just those were the first time he drove to Williams and and. I mean, really sensational stuff. Every he's twenty seven, right? I think. I, he, I think I think he's the same age as me. Yeah. He looks like he's about twenty two years old. There is no. We need. I need a birth certificate check. He looks so young. There's no way he is twenty seven. But um, no, just just incredible. I mean, it really is like. And then you got to look at the other side of Latifi. Like God, it's really a heartbreaker for him. Like it just shows like. 
you, you, you're either fast or, or you're, or you're not like it's, it's, it's car, car with the, you either have the speed in, in, in you or you don't. And he just doesn't have it in him. And it's like, that's the other side you got to look at. Like it's tough, but I mean, it's, that's what it is. But the freeze, I mean, quite impressive. He did get called in the steward's office though at the end for, uh, I guess, um, uh, unsafe driving, they said, but it was only a reprimand. So he didn't get a penalty. So he sticks uh, P9. And I will say, look, one race, he's going to probably get 20th in the championship. I chalked that up as a successful season. That's you beat 22. You beat two drivers this year in the championship. That's pretty good for him. probably only having one race. Yeah. And uh, so text me uh, during the race and, and, and said, um, uh, that he's that he's already um he's already ahead of the TV in the championship, and it's like he's done, he's done he's done one you know he's done one race he scored two points, and you know Go Tifi has finished the high of P twelve, um yeah and it, it and I do agree with with what you said as well. This is a results based business, and it's uh yeah it's um I mean you can't get much better of an audition than that, can you? You know, it's just, uh, I, I would like to see him on the grid next year. I think he deserves it. I said this yesterday. I think if you put him and Albon next to each other in that Williams, that team can go places. Get both of them tied down on multi-year contracts. Get the TV out the door. He's garbage. We've seen it. Goodbye, son. I mean, he's probably he's probably, probably absolutely, you know, doo-dooing himself anyway after seeing someone come in and take you know you know take points on his F1 debut, having driven a different car, well, just two it, days prior. Like if you're Williams, how can you how can you not like obviously the seats in question? They're like, oh maybe we could have maybe we're sticking around Latifi because we want to wait for Logan Sargent. If you really want Logan Sargent, and you have no business bringing him in, rather than DeVries, who just said I could just come out of pretty much off the street right now yeah. with. with pretty much from from the mercedes garage right into your car and i can get you ninth at monza i mean as you said that's the i mean what else does he need to prove bear in mind devries was in mercedes hospitality doing a hulkenberg where he's having cappuccino and cake and then he gets the call and he, ha- and he has to lunge down down the grid to williams and he gets in and does that yesterday and does this today i mean yeah, I mean, Josh Capito before the race when um, uh, I think Simon Lazenby managed to grab him for a minute and said, you know, uh, you know what have you got planned for next season, basically? And and Josh said, you know, oh, we, you know we've got plenty of options and you know, we've got time and all the rest of it. If I just, you know, seen that race today, I'd be emailing, um, uh, you know, to reach manager saying, hey, Boo, how you fix for a seat next year? Because how could you not? Uh, I, I mean, just yeah. I, I know we talked. We talked a lot about a Williams driver, and for once, it's good, which which is nice. Well, so, we might yeah. be in Singapore as well, given because we don't know how long um, Alex's Alban. recovery is. Because it could be, I think they said minimum two weeks, maximum a month, yeah. depending on how it goes. So we could still see him in Singapore, and I think that'll be the bigger test of Nick as well, because that track not been done since 2019. If you do it in Singapore. If you can get like top fifteen in Singapore, if he was to race, yeah. that's another nail in the coffin in Latifi's case. 
I think it'd be really hard for Alex to be ready to race. Like recovery is one thing, but being able to drive an F1 car, like I think, I think that'll be, I mean, think about like your recovery and pulling on your stitches and all that. Like, I just don't see him like, if he does it, like that would be great, but he's going to be in a ton of pain and, and ill after that. (laughs) So I, I think there is like a decent chance that we could see Nick again, which I would, I mean, really sad for Albon, but I wouldn't be mad about it seeing him go one more time. That would yeah. be, I mean, he, I mean, also just to talk about him a little bit more, I don't want to take too much time, but, but like he's had a great like pre Formula One record, like all the things that he's done, he's so accomplished and seeing him sit in that, um, that Mercedes garage next to Toto, it's just, it, it doesn't do him justice. You just want to see him on the grid, especially after today. Absolutely, I, I've, I've, I fully agree. I did like when you could see him sitting next to Toto, and they both had their jumpers oh. tied around. It, 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 it looked like, it looked like it, I'll tell you what, oh, it looked son. like it, it looked like Austin Powers and Mini Me. That's what it, that's what it reminded me of seeing seeing those two sitting next to each other. It looked but, like bring yeah. your bring your son to work today. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, it, it, yeah, it, it, DeVries deserves a shot at F one. You, you know, he, I I actually met him at 2016 in Hungary. Because a mate of mine was racing um, uh, in GP3 that year, because um, Devries actually um, actually had a DNS for the feature race, and my mate won the feature race. Um, so I, I met Devries because his garage the next to us. He's a super down to earth guy, really, really, really nice. Um, I, was having a, I was having a good chat with him, but like, you know, you know, you, you, you obviously, you know, I'm I'm nobody in, in that sense, but he was just he was really nice, and. He's quick as well, and you obviously, you know, you obviously won F two, you won Formula E. He's had a good weekend out today. He's a bit more mature because obviously he's that bit older, and obviously, you know, F one drivers these days are barely out some nappies and they're into F one cars. Just look at Sonoda, um, you know. So uh, you, you know, and uh, you know, so you know, I, I think someone coming in who's sort of twenty seven, you know, so sort of twenty seven, twenty eight, my kind of age. Um, you know, I think that might be better, especially for a team like Williams who need that sort of. That sort of bit more than a complete rookie, but not a sort of like massive multi-million pound contract. But yes, um, yeah, DeVries, well done. I really hope to see you again on the F1 grid. I think we'll see him in Singapore because, mm. like you said with Albon, it's not just a recovery. Flying to Singapore when you've just had an operation as well, you know, you know that might not be the best idea. And it's uh, and you know it's not going to hurt anyone to have. Um, to have the reason the car again, I don't think, apart from the TV. Um, but anyway, uh, let's let's move on because someone who who DeVries battled with and held off very well was the charging Zhou Guanyu. Um, so f- I thought he had quite a quite a good day. Bearing in mind he was sort of up and down the grid a bit. Nice to see him back in the points. Um, I did think at one point he was going to overtake DeVries, and I was sort of edging forward on on, on my sofa. Uh, or my armchair rather, because I've moved the living room around. But um, but yes, uh, nice to see him back in the points. Granted, it's only one point, but I think I think he needs this for for, for a bit of consistency consistency for himself. And obviously, Alfa Romeo, Italian team. I know that's for his base, but home, you know, Italian team or the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I've said this multiple times on podcasting like he's becoming one of my favorite drivers he has been quite consistent like he is obviously not like George Russell and that kind of consistency but what he's performing in that alpha granted and as well first season in the alpha he is doing so well 
with the three, four DNFs that he's had, he would have had a lot more points. And yes, it's only one point, but it's still one more point than the next driver. Like, it's still helping with the battles for the drivers, aside for the Constructors' Championship. Also, solidifying his case for next year, because it's still not announced if he's going to be driving for Alfa Romeo next year. I feel like it's going to be stupid if they get rid of him, given how much that he, how well he's been doing, how much of investment that he has. It, it, he needs to seat for next year, and I, I think it's going to be announced quite soon. I think they're going to wait until it's in Asia to make the announcement, potentially. I think, see how it goes with that. But um, yeah, really good race for him. The battles, I think they raced, both Nick and Zhou Yu, I think they raced in F2. Um, in the year that Nick won as well, I think, if I can remember correctly. Because um, I know Joe was in F2 for about three to four years, I think. So I think it was quite a nice little like F2 battle. Um, saw the clip afterwards as well, congrat- uh, Joe congratulating Nick as well for that race. But yeah, good race for him. Points needed. Doing the job for it, for Alvaro Romeo. Absolutely. And I fully agree with you that I think he deserves a seat next year. He does bring a lot of sponsorship money, as we know. Um, I think they're probably just sorting out a couple of deals. And obviously, Sauber, uh, sorry, Alfa Romeo, sorry, Sauber, sorry, Audi, sorry, Sauda Audi, sorry, Audi Sauber, sorry, <laughs> Audi, um, whatever they're going to be called between now and 2026. They've also got a lot of things which they're sorting out as well. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I mean, we don't even know that Audi going to Sauber, but they are. Where else are they going to go? Actually, Red Bull. Um, Given given the Porsche pulled out, hey ho. Um, no, um, yeah, I think I think I think we'll we'll see Joe on the next season. Uh, I agree with everything you just said, so he's, he's had he's had a pretty consistent season, um, and and he's he's getting better. Obviously, reliability hasn't helped, but that's you know hashtag just Ferrari things. Outside the points, um, we'll probably rattle through these quite quickly because there's not an awful lot worth talking about. Uh, Esteban Ocon. P11, Rach. Um, I think people are expecting more from Alpine, but ultimately, uh, well, I, well, if I, I'll give you both Alpine drivers because Alonso um, obviously DNF'd with, with reliability issues. Yeah, so Esteban, I did expect more for sure. I mean, finishing 11th when you have this car that has great straight line speed and you're in Monza, like you would think that this would be somewhere that they could just blow past everybody like it just doesn't really make sense to me um and the car for him at least worked fine everything was fine it what there was no issues that he was dealing with and i guess you could say he just got caught in traffic but i don't know definitely expected more from the alpine this week and then fernando dnf i mean i don't really have much to say if anyone wants to take fernando go for it but i don't i don't have much to say no, to be honest, there's nothing to say about Alonso. He he, he DNF as his car was overheating. And like I said, um, I think he just saw, oh, I'm gonna ask them, Martin. They've they've done a double in it, they've done a double DNF. Let me show you how good a whipping boy I am. And then he <laughs> said, I'm gonna DNF. So that's obviously what that's obviously what happens. Um, and for anybody listening, that was sarcasm. <laughs> uh yeah, just just before people get the pitchforks out for me again. Um yeah. Uh Mick Schumacher finished P12. Um, Warren, anything to say on him or not really? Uh, I will just say, I just saw this from uh, Gunter. If, if I, I will let Gunter speak for me when it comes to Mick. He, they, 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 
I think they were not expecting a good race going into this weekend. It's just not the, not the type of car or not the track that suits their type of car. So they were expecting a poor weekend, but Gunter had said that uh, considering that Mick uh, barely had any time during practice, his lack of track time and where he started, he was very happy with B12. So, you know what? I would say that's the way to look at it. Cause if you really do think about it, Mick didn't have any, he didn't, he was not on the track in FP1 because they decided to put Giovinazzi in there. And that, which doesn't make any sense unless you're trying to give him an audition for next year, but we, we, we don't need him in the, we don't need him back in the grid. I, we don't need him back here. And then he's got the technical issue in, in FP2 that he says he's got no track time. You know what? So fine, fine weekend. I, I, Ever since Haas brought those upgrades to, to Hungary, they have just been in the toilet big time. That was whatever happened there, the white Ferrari, whatever was being reported there, that has not materialized. Yeah, that's um you've you made a very good point, actually. And well, okay, I know I know Gunther said it, but I'll take the credit for it, Warren. Um, where um, you know, where he said obviously he sat out FP1 for Giovanazzi. I don't think that's an addition. I think that's just a publicity stunt, like I said yesterday. Italian driver, Italian. home track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's just that's just so that you can you know just pray and hope for 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 something good to happen, which didn't unlucky. Um and then um and then obviously, you know, had technical issues and uh, you know, he, he got he was sort of involved in that sort of gaggle of cars at the start and yeah, just a Peter, to be honest, not not a bad result um, given everything that happened. Um, he had a good battle with Latifi a few times, so overtaking, like going back yeah, and forth. Yeah. The, that was like the only thing I remember of mixed racing uh, today. Back in Latifi, is that something you really want to celebrate? I mean, it was a clean movie though around was, the outside. I guess. Yeah, to, to, yeah. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'd forgotten about that. That overtaking to turn one, he locks up his friends, and I thought, oh my Still god. Yeah, I, I thought, oh my God, you're going to wipe out the CF. I mean, no great loss. And, you know, and I thought they were going to both end up on that escape road out of turn one. But the way he, because he, 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 obviously, he obviously stamped on the angles, locked the fronts, and then let go of the brake, and he held it into turn one. That was a super move. That was full on Daniel Ricciardo 2016, that was. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. That was, a, that was a really good move. Sorry, something's just broken behind me. Um, <laughs> I think the cats are running rampant again. I just heard, a, I just felt a dull thud and just like, what on earth was that? Um, but yes, uh, P13, Valtteri Bottas, he was a lap down. Uh, I mean, there's not really much to say about Bottas. He, I don't think. he finally finished a race. That's what you could say. He finished. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, now go and eat some porridge. Um, Yuki Sonoda, P14. I mean, he started back at the grid. Finished. <laughs> yeah, finished. Um, oh god, here we go. Latifi, I mean, the goat yet again, the goat yet again. You know, you know, saw, saw he had a new teammate and he said, You know what? I won't get points, I'll let you take the points so so you can have a nice debut. That's what it was. That's just a Canadian in him, um, <laughs> you know, just you know, just just uh, just just being kind. Hey, that's uh, a top 15 finish, that's a top 15. Oh. With how many DNFs, though? Uh, you don't worry <laughs> about that. You don't worry about yeah. that. Just look at where it's finished. He's not last in the classified finishers, which he's always the heavy favorite in the betting markets for. So that's a that's a good that's a good start. <laughs> oh, I should have put I mean, a bet on then, shouldn't he's I? Twenty like out of twenty two, like well, twenty yeah. driver grid. He, like 
he is legitimately always minus like 200 to get last as a classified finisher, which is a huge, he's, he's as big a favorite as Max is to win as he is getting last classified. That's, that's how big a favorite he is. Well, it's, it's, I've said this three times, but there are three things guaranteed in life death, taxes, and the CC qualifying P20. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, he's, uh, He's, he's actually done me dirty there because he's finished not last. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. Um, I think him starting in P10 at the start of the race, I think that triggered him and be like, you know what? No, this is not for me. I'm just going to go back down to where I belong and go down yeah. to the back of the grid. Yeah, I, I think basically he was sitting there going, ooh, pretty lights. And then they went out and he just went, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then everyone just went, meow. And then he was just, yeah, that was the end not of it. Not anybody coming from behind me. I'm just going <laughs> to be the last <laughs> yeah. one standing. Yeah, he just yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, he's out soon. Has to be. And then P sixteen came out, got given a five second penalty for overtaking Gotifi into turn one. Um and then uh, uh, sorry, I think it was for leaving the track and gaining a, an advantage, even though he gave the position back, he said it wasn't done quickly enough. So yeah, so not a great weekend for Haas all around. Um I'm not gonna dive into any of them because it's probably not not worth your energy. Um, I do want to talk about Daniel Ricciardo because I know I've ribbed him a lot and obviously he's not had a very good season. He was on for a solid result today. He was on for a really, really good result because it, yesterday in my bold prediction, I said Danny Rick finishes ahead of um, uh, Lando Norris. I thought at one point that was going to happen, especially when Lando had a slow pit stop. Uh, pit stop. So um, I kind of remember what order we're in now. So, uh, you know, Rick, I'll just go to you. Um, Danny Rick, uh, I thought, you know, like I just said, I thought he had a much improved day today. What did, what did you think? Not really. I think Fair that, enough. I think that <laughs> his right. spot where he started in was, I mean, he did whatever, whatever in qualifying and then ton of grid penalties, put him in that position. And then he led a DRS train. Great job, Daniel Ricardo. Sorry, I I don't mean to be like super <laughs> mean about it, but like he you know if there's an episode on this in Drive to Survive, he's gonna be like, oh yeah, what look at me, so great. And then the next one he's gonna be like, I'm back. And then he's, we're just not gonna see this continue. So I don't know. Not to be a total Daniel Ricardo hater, because I think he's a good guy. I just think it's time to go. Yeah, I think you should head to NASCAR or something. Be, he would be great. Yeah. He'd be great in IndyCar yeah. and NASCAR. He would yeah. be great. I think he'd be happy. I think yeah. he would be happy. Yeah, he's um he's he's I think he's um I think he's just fallen out of love with the sport and the sport's fallen out of love with him. Um he's been in it what 10 and a half years now, or maybe even uh, was it mid with 2011 he made his debut? Or was it 2012? I think it's midway through 2012 because they had those three new teams, didn't they? HRT, yeah, I think Virgin, so. and Borussia. Anyway, because I, I know I know he made his debut at Silverstone, and I'm sure it was 2012 because it was when they, because you know, it was that season. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's uh, okay. Fair enough, right? Yeah, I, yeah, you. Went in on them, him then. You should have you should have gotten to someone else. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 look, I'm not Go on, Warren. I'm not a big Danny Rick guy. I, if you listen to our pot, you know that. But look, he hasn't made it out of Q1 or Q2 for a while. Getting into Q3, you know what? I think that's 
he put himself in a position to do well with the grid penalties, like like what happened with Russell. Like if if when you have these grid penalties and you get yourself in a Q3, you're vaulting up past four people. So you're going to give yourself a your margin of error in the race is greater to get some significant points, especially if you've been struggling. And he did that to an extent this weekend. And then like, what I don't even know what happened with the car. It's just they didn't did they, did they even say I don't. It just whatever. Just they had to retire. It was and, the curse. The and, curse. Yes, it was the curse. Yeah. It was the curse. He was uh, he was unlucky, but at least he got it in the Q3. I'm not. I'm. There's. I. It's a positive yeah. weekend, I guess, minus the results, the end result. But yeah. we shouldn't be celebrating that because that was something that was consistently for oh, him I, to get I, in. No, right. I totally agree. I agree with that. I. I am. I. But I'm just saying, if there are people out there, why aren't you saying anything nice? Here's, here's something you could say about him. No, but he should be in Q3 every single time with the McLaren. He shouldn't be getting knocked out in those, in those earlier, in, in earlier what he's been doing. So, like last week, 17th. No, that should not be happening. I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you should take a year out and then maybe try to come back in. I think because I've said that even last week as well. I don't see it being possible because how demanding these seats are. But look at like Alcon, look at Alex. Alex, like they've both taken a year out, come in, Kevin as well, um, taking a year out, come back and actually perform better than what they've done in previous seasons. I think that's probably the best thing for Daniel. But the issue as well, it's just that that seat's going to be gone any team because these F2 drivers and these F3 drivers are something else. And now you have IndyCar wanting drivers to come in into F1. I like Rachel said as well. I think he'll do amazing on the other side of the Atlantic. And I think that's probably the best thing because how F1 has been treating him and even like social media as well. I just feel like it's not the best place for him. And whereas IndyCar, which is still not big over this side um, in the UK and Europe, I think it's probably the best, as well because he's still getting to drive driving almost the same amount of races is not as demanding sometimes compared to f1 and all the kind of politics and legality that comes around with f1 and the fan bases that are quite toxic but we'll see but he's just completely given up and who knows might even have some random people not random but might have some people stepping in for mclaren for free practices i think they still need to do at least two um, free practices with some of the junior drivers because they haven't done any yet. Maybe see some someone step up for the actual race as well. Yeah. Also, if he comes to the U.S., like he's going to get movie deals. He's mm-hmm. going to be going to the Met Gala. He's just like there's going to be things for him here that I think would make him really excited and happy. I can see him I, living in Texas. Like he just loves that state so much. <laughs> I, I could see him living on like a big ranch outside of Austin. Bear in mind, that's what I want to do. Um, you know, just you know, just just with, with his Stetsons and his cowboy hat, and just you, you know, don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to live on a big ranch outside of Austin. Uh, I mean, yeah. To be fair, I'd probably rather live in a condo in Austin and, and just have everything there. Um, you know, that I I don't think they have fiber out there, so I need that. He's got a house in L.A. Oh yeah. Well, there we are. I think the writing's on the wall. Um, and not just because of his driving. Um, anywho, before we um, you know, before the Australian fans break up and you know start paying for my blood again. Um <laughs> all yeah. of us, don't worry, we're, we're right yeah, there yeah. with you. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I I'm I'm leading the pack today, you know, so I'll 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 yeah, I'll shield you all from it. Um <laughs> just want uh, we also mentioned Alonso DNF, um, not much to say. Uh Stroll and Vettel. 
both DNF'd. Um, Vettel's engine just went bang. Um, had an awful lot of smoke coming out of it, and then then he, he lost power. Stroll, they brought him in to, to retire. Um, I wonder if, if they saw something uh, that looks similar to what um, to, to what to what Vettel had. I haven't got an awful lot to add to that, unless anyone else has got anything to add. There goes my bold predictions. I said double Astemarum points and an Alpine top five. So <laughs> it yeah. was the absolute opposite of that for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they were all together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apart, okay. from, apart, apart from Ocon, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not, uh, there's not too much to add about that. So those are our drivers covered off. Um, one thing that I do want to sort of do a bit of a whip round on, um, and I'm not asking for money, is um, I want to get everybody's opinions, everybody's thoughts on the, you know where I'm going with this, on the end of race procedure and what happens, because I just want to give everybody just a moment or two just to say how they felt about it, what they feel should have happened, um, and just uh, you know, just just um, you just just uh, just give us your views on it. So uh, so far, go to first. I can see you sort of like lumbering up, ready for something. So this this should get juicy. My my opinion is the minute that they couldn't move Daniel's car out, it should have been an immediate red flag. We saw this in F two, and we saw this in F three. Within one to two laps, if they couldn't move the car, it's a red flag. They should have adapted that into F one. We've seen a single lap shootout we've seen a five lap shootout and where the when daniel retired there was about five to six laps left of the race so i could see if they couldn't get it within one lap then yeah take it out they delayed everything and i don't know what's happening but the stewards were being very very slow on everything on calls not just f1 but you saw it f2 and f3 there's even penalties that were awarded to drivers that weren't even meant to be happening um, it was just an absolute mess this weekend from the FIA and um, Stewart side. It should have been a red flag. We should have done at least a four-lap shootout and go from there. Um, people's tire strategies were compromised with the pits. It was just a mess. And like I said, should have been a red flag within one to two laps. Do a shootout. No delay. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. Um, Rach, what do you think? So I like, I can kind of understand why they did what they did. Um, like it was, it's not like there was barrier issues. It's not like there was, there could have been a red flag. I like, if they did that, I, I would have been like, yes, but also like with what they did do, I was also kind of like, okay, understandable why they chose this. I do think it's just so it just like, it doesn't even feel like a motorsport when you finish behind a safety car that's leading a, a parade. So I wish there was something that they could do about like end of race procedures. Um, I don't really know what that would be. Um, but like in this case, the, they, that's the rules. That's how they are. And they, they didn't call the red flag. And I was, you know, kind of like, okay, this is fine. I'm also, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so I, I was like, I understand why they're doing what they're doing here, but I do wish there was some sort of new rule maybe in the years to come about end of race procedures, because it just doesn't feel like satisfying or right that they end behind like in a parade, basically. They're like, OK, let's go. There was there's no opportunity in those last laps for anything to happen. And I don't think that's entirely fair, but I think the call that they made today, I understood why they did that. Yeah, that's uh, 
yeah, it's uh, it, it's. I'm not even going to say my bet yet because uh, Warren, I want to get your your um your views on it first. No, I I agree with Sophia. You said earlier they've been slow all year. They've been like overly cautious all year on on should there be like the 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 broadcast crew, everybody that's watched, be like, all right, when's the safety car coming? And it's like twenty seconds late, thirty seconds late. We saw it in the first instance earlier in the race today. They are just. The race directors are so cautious this year because of what happened in Abu Dhabi last year. They they just don't want to make any any mistake, but then they end up having this happen. And I said in the in the grid talk thing, bring back Massey more as a joke to get some people riled up. But seriously, if Michael Massey is the race director today, that race is finishing under a green flag. Like he he understood now that the popularity of F1. It's an entertainment product and an entertainment product needs to finish under a green flag race. Like all the, this is, that's probably going to anger a lot of people out there. The, the, the old school F1 fan or the old one, but guess what? It's entertainment. It, it wasn't fun knowing when this, when the safety car came out at lap 48, that we're going to have to watch a parade for the last six laps. That's not fun. So it's entertainment. You want to be entertained. And so if they red flag it, and 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 which it could have gone to the standing start. Also, isn't there a rule where it doesn't have to go to a standing start? They could still do a rolling start if they want to keep the integrity of the field. Why that that could have been brought up, and they could have done that. It doesn't have to be a standing start the whole time. If I'm right, it's when it's up to the up to the stewards or race director's decision. So discretion. So if you want to keep some integrity of what it is, if you want to make some fairness, then just do a rolling start. And that could, for a two lap shootout, that would be great. Like I mean, it's, it's entertainment at the end of it. That's what we, for it's entertainment. We want to be entertained. Nothing about the last five laps, the last 10 minutes of that was entertaining other than are talking about if the safety car is going to come in like NASCAR. I'm not a big NASCAR guy. I, I might watch the I might watch the beginning of the Daytona 500, the end, and a couple of races here or there, depending on. But they do something very American called overtime racing, where they do a green white checkered, which is a green flag, a white flag, and a checkered flag. And if there's two yellow flags in there, the race is done. So you get two chances on a restart because there could be some big crashes. And if when the white flag waves, whatever the next flag is. They can decide if there's a crash in the back of the field, they can still finish to the checker flag, but they can decide what's going on. It's pretty much just a two lap shootout, which is again, entertainment and it's entertaining a way to finish the race. And today again, not entertaining. And I think people forget F1 is entertainment. I think that's a, I think that's very well said, Warren. And um, yeah, I think folks are on the same, the sort of same wavelength, the same page here. Um, my view on it, for what it's worth, is much like what, what we've all just said. As soon as that car was unable to move, because I believe it was stuck in gear, and the second we had to get a recovery vehicle on track, that should have been it. That should have been a red flag. I don't care how slow those cars are going. All it takes is one driver to slightly accelerate, coming, especially as it was on the exit of, I think, the second Lesmo. All it takes is one driver to slightly accelerate, dip their wheel on the curve and spin, and then... You know, we've seen, we saw it. We saw it with Jules Bianchi, and you know, we know how horrible that can be. I know the conditions are different, but the point is, it's about safety, and it's about protecting people. So, for, for me, because as, as soon as as soon as when I saw where that McLaren had stopped, I thought that has to be a safety car, not a VSC. That has to be a safety car. 
to the to take them on a line around it. Because a VSC, they can obviously still you know, do whatever and they're going quicker. And I also think the reason we had a safety car for that, but a VSC for Vettel, Vettel was fully off the track. He was on the grass and he was close to an escape road. So was, and his car was able to move. It was easier to move. It should have been a red flag. No questions asked. It's not... I, I know that, obviously, we want to see racing and all the rest of it. And I think this would have, A, helped that, but also aided the safety element. Because, so, like you said, when the marshals were sort of standing there going, check on and just not able to move the car... It was, you know, it was at that point, it should have been red flags out, everybody back to the pits, um, you know, you know li- line up in, you know, in, in, in whatever order, get that car, you get get the track track, get that car off the track, you know, you get it back onto one of the recovery roads, get the tracks off the track, the marshal's back in their post, everybody back out, standing start, off we go. That's what should have happened. And I also think that, then not so much setting a precedent, but there needs to be a rule for this because F1 is very big on safety and has made great strides in safety in recent years. But they really dropped the ball today, I think. Really dropped the ball. I think it's also hypocritical as well. Um, And this is probably very controversial because the amount of bosses and fans are like, why do we have to finish under safety car? Like, it's literally a opposite of Abu Dhabi. Like, people are saying, why can't we finish under the safety car? Like, I, I find it quite interesting how some fans have turned. And this is probably controversial, and I'm all for it, like, coming at me. But, like, how these fans are reacting and some of these bosses, they only will go one way when it benefits them, but then the minute it doesn't benefit them, they're, like, all against it. Like, Again, Abu Dhabi, like, they could have done safety car, but then people will kick off because, obviously, it's, like Warren said, it is a show, it's a, like, it's an event, it's entertainment. So we try to do that today, and then you have the other side kicking off saying, like, why finish under a safety car? Like, it should have been ready to go. Like, it, you'll never win whatever decision is made by the FIA. But the thing is that I think they should have red flagged their damage limitations and not and not finish under the safety car for this incident. Abu Dhabi maybe probably done red flag and then do a rolling start because you can do rolling starts. We've seen that before in F1, F2, and F3 after a red flag. You don't have to do a standing start. Do a simple formation lap that doesn't count to the lap limits and then go for a rolling start. And that's when um, unlapped cars can unlap themselves as well because the safety car as well came in at an awkward time and could not pass drivers. And the lighting situation going on, the green, the yellow, like people getting stuck in between. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I just wanted to say that one as well. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think you made a very good point about, about it being quite hypocritical. So, yeah. So I, I, I know, I know that was a, um, that was a, not, not, not so much a somber note, but, but perhaps got a bit more, got a bit more sort of, sort of serious. Um, I just thought, I just thought given, um, so go on. I've just, I just seen you. Found a, I just found a really cool stat, and it shows how many races it took to score a point for Williams. It took George Russell forty-eight races to win any points. Nicholas Latifi twenty-eight. Robert Kubica eleven. Alex Albon three. And Nick DeVries is in it one. 
So yeah. George Russell, golden boy, 48, 48 bases for him to get a point. And Nick just sent him one. Wow. I mean, Nick, to, Nick DeVries and Mercedes 2023 confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> He's a reserve driver, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, for Williams, obviously, Aston Martin and Mercedes. Basically, everybody except McLaren. And McLaren have got... Oh, yeah, Oscar Piastri. Um, <laughs> yeah, who, who saw that one coming, eh? So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's start to... Perhaps start to bring things to, to a bit of a close for, for, for the main show. Um, first of all, I'd just like to thank all my lovely guests for coming on today. Um, to give you a quick chance to promo yourselves. So... First of all, Warren, Rachel, which one of you would like to do the honors? I think Warren, he's got this. You want okay. me to do it? All right. We're, we are uh, cousins. Uh, we're called the Paddock Pals. That's, that's the name we came up with. We are out. Uh, we're actually going to record a little bit later after this, after the NFL gets uh, uh, NFL is over with. But uh, we do reviews, recaps, and we'll do some midweek episodes. And we don't have any in there. We just talk all the uh, F1 on. And we do a lot of off 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 track f1 like uh if you might like who the drivers are dating we'll say who's at the races there their significant others at the races but we'll get into that lando gave us a lot of content the last couple of weeks so thank him um um so yeah we like we just like to have fun with it so we're the paddock pals instagram twitter and uh, wherever you get your podcasts at lovely thank you both and Sophia, obviously, you and I are both part of everything I find. Go on, over to you. Yep. Uh, so you can find all our social medias at Everything F1 or join EF1. Uh, it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, all of it. We have a website, www.everythingf1, where we post content daily, not just F1, but F2, F3. We're doing an IndyCar special for today for the finale. Um, we also have a podcast that we film live on Tuesdays uh, in the evenings around 8.30 p.m. UK time. And then it gets released on Wednesdays on all streaming platforms. And that's at Everything F1 as well. Yes. Totally, thank you. Um, yeah. So obviously I'm, I'm part of Everything F1 as well, as, as Sophia said. So just to, just to round things out, just like to say the Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, such as this one, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Casts. Just search for Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and both race results. Please also consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get better mics, lights, and recording equipment. You can get your hands on some official Grid Talk merch at f1chronicle.com forward slash store. Apparently, there's been demand to have my face on a mug. God help whoever asked for that. Please also do make sure that you are subscribed so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. And if you listen on YouTube, please hit the like button hit, and also hit that bell icon so you get notified every time you go live. We'll be back in two weeks to preview the Singapore Grand Prix. Thank you very much for listening, watching, and goodbye. <laughs>